0: Welcome to week three of European Tour Picks and Bets. Skyler Hoke here with you. You can find me on Twitter at SkyHookDFS, but you might also be listening to us to the audio version. We have recently launched on the Mayo Media Network, The Mix, which is daily fantasy sports and picks. The Mix, you can search that in all of your podcast platforms um, that is now available. So if you didn't want to look at myself and my partner, Tom Jacobs, lovely faces here. Which I wouldn't you know, blame you.
1: <laughs> it's, it's one of those things, isn't it?
0: <laughs> you know, Tom is sporting a new hat every week. I mix it up up here with a little haircut for us. So, um, but Tom, let's bring you in. What's going on?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a big week last week. Um, you know, Adrian House saw himself on the leaderboard in the second round and uh, shit the bed. So... <laughs> I, uh, that, you know, that's part of the course of my picks at the moment. But, you know, it was really impressive to see Paul Casey after, you know, it's, people think it's been a while, it hasn't been that long, but I think he's almost like a second stage of his career right now. I think that he's one of those sort of back-to-back spars, and that's really helped him kick on, right? And, and now he comes back to European tour and I think there's a, an added pressure, which I think he spoke to about him performing at a higher level on that stage. And he should, you know, this is a guy that's been around for a long, long time, Lee Westwood, that sort of time. Um, And he was great. I mean, Robert McIntyre was a little bit disappointing. There's, you know, there's no two ways about it. Um, But I still think Casey would have had some of the tank to, to really push all the way if he needed to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he did speak so open about, you know, putting the pressure on for a Ryder cup uh, appearance for him, you know, knowing he doesn't play that much on the European tour, how he has to elevate his game every single time. And I mean, that's what he did, you know, to finish Saturday out with birdie Eagle and then to really, you know, step on it um, yesterday, you know, and of of course, you know, I think both of us are Robert McIntyre fans um, and we really want him to get over the line in one of these massive events and, It's tough to evaluate kind of where he is. I mean, he's still so young. He's, you know, only on his third year on the European tour now and arguably, you know, definitely the best one of his class, you know, now sees himself in the top 50 of the world closing in on a master's appearance. So it's so easy to be, uh, hard on somebody who doesn't come through in those situations. Like we see with Tony Finau as of recent and all those conversations um, on the PGA tour, but you know, just another week where we're McIntyre's cashed a big check, getting up in the world rankings. Now he's the top lefty in the world. So that's really fun to see for one of our uh, favorite golfers.
1: And, and if anyone listens to the, the lost words podcast weekly, obviously you've just been on there as well. And one of the comparisons that Jason made on there was that, uh, He's kind of like Cyril Hassan in terms of attitude-wise. The, the potential's almost there as well. And the rookie season for Mackenzie, I was, I was always a little bit like, oh, people are getting too excited. But when you look back at it, it was phenomenal, right? You know, he, his second-place finishes galore. You know, he's right in contention all the time. Anything but the win. And I just focus on the but he didn't win. And when you look back, I mean, he's probably got a higher potential you can see than what you saw in Hatton years ago. And Hatton's elevated his game to a whole new level. So there's no reason to think that McIntyre won't do the same. Um and if you listen to Jason again with the opening two years' time, so I mean, yeah, just look out for that
0: absolutely um and, and let's i mean with that i mean again we're we're set it up unfortunately after this week you know we don't see the european tour for uh, a handful of weeks we'll see a good amount of these guys including mcintyre if he does another good week at the wgc now at the concession club here in florida but this is the last scheduled uh, european tour event for the next five weeks um so without further ado let's really dive into this field and it is the saudi international played at the royal greens uh, golf and country club par 70, um, just over 7,000 yards this week. And this field is loaded with the PGA Tours. Uh, Now, if you listen to Pat, he kind of said the the pay to play fee for a lot of these guys that you're getting, um, you know, the likes of DJ Bryson, Finau, Victor Hovland, Kevin Na. I mean, this field is is stacked up with some of the best players on the PGA Tour. Um, And I think we just have to start with what we've seen here. And that was Bryson winning, what, two years ago. And then last year, gmac winning are you going right to this pga tour guys at the top of the board tom i let you dj
1: one did it the first year dj went first Oh yeah you're right seventh. yes um but but bryson has come over and played really well and, and dj obviously is one and second and it's really surprised me you say it's just over seven thousand yards and yet it seems to be other than graham mcdowell everyone's just kind of bombed their way to to places here haven't they and and that seems to be the approach if you can bomb it off the tee uh you know make the putts that's all you're going to need to do it seems a pretty easy easy layout desert sort of course wind effects were not be too dissimilar to the past two weeks that we've seen um like we have the last two weeks i'm going to leave the top you know section alone um it's a lot harder to do this week if anyone said to me i'm just going to go full in on dj or i'm going to go into bryson it's only been out no arguments here but i'm going to start my card further down
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And it's, it is very, very difficult to look at the top of the board and think, man, you know, what is the likelihood that one of DJ, like you said, he was the winner in 2019. Bryson had one at the Omega Dubai last week. So DJ Bryson, second, Terrell Hatton, third, you know, the talk of the world right now, Patrick Reed, another one of the guys up here, Tony Finau, Havland are the six golfers under 20 to one. And here we are saying, Hey, you know, I think it's more difficult to pick from that lot than just to say hey let's hope we get lucky with some of our longer shots getting some places like we did with Lipsky week one if you bet Kanaya at top 10 last week you know who we'll talk about a little bit later on you know those odds are paying more than some of these winner prices so I agree with you on me kind of going down the board and I think we're going to get pretty deep actually with our first selections where you know there's also a good picking from in this middle range Did anyone stand out for you here yeah, I mean so for me it was really hard to
1: go and ignore Tommy Fleet with a twenty-five to one, Paul Casey twenty-five to one after he went so well last week. Sergio Garcia, you obviously liked last week and, and I did as well. I just couldn't get there. Um Sergio's excellent. You know, he Tees Green is superb. If it wasn't for the fact that he destroyed a bunker the first year, everyone would kind of love him here because he finished sick last year as well and he puts his eyes shut now. If he can just shut his eyes when he gets in the bunker, he might not get so mad. Um that would, Sergio would be the closest. He would be the closest to me at 28-1, but I'm still further down the board for me.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think Sergio probably is the one, um, you know, Abraham answers all from the field. If you want to go to McIntyre, you know, in the thirties, I mean, I'm not going to fault you for for making any selection realistically here, but the way I think it gets is it's also similar and at the lower odds. I, I think it's worth chancing and running our luck at these places. I mean, over um, you know, on your side of the world, you're getting uh, books that are offering each ways up to eight places, you know, so if you're getting a quarter or a fifth of those odds, up to eight places, you know, that's eliminating, you know, pretty much a good chunk of this field and getting some still pretty strong odds on, on deeper golfers. So again, we talked the likes of the PGA Tour um, with some of this top of the board. Now there's, I believe, one, if not two golfers who frequent the PGA Tour um, that are going to be the start of your card. Uh, hit us with your first one.
1: Yeah, so my my favorite bet of the week, and to be honest, it, it was first that it just jumped out to me as a big price, right? And there was nothing else to it. Um, and that was Kevin I Nah. Mean, he came out at 6-6 six six to 1. I just I was confused. I was like, okay, you know, there's all these PGA guys that everyone's raving about. This guy's won four times on PJ Tour since 2018. He's just won in Hawaii. I know that it's not the top-grade event. I know he doesn't contend in majors, and I think that's why people forget about him because you don't see him that often. But he plays well where it suits him. And the reason I believe it could suit him this week is he loves the pass Palom surfaces. When the CIMB Classic was passed Palom before 2018, he thrived in that CIMB Classic event. He was uh, second in 2014, third in 2015. And, you know, what, what more evidence do you need? The guy can get hot on the putter. Um, he would certainly be nearer the Graham McDowell profile as opposed to Dustin Johnson in terms of distance. And But this guy, I mean, he's so good on the greens. He picks up his ball before he's even hit the hole. Like That's probably cheating, actually. If you ask you know, Patrick Reedy, what are you picking that up. But, you know... I just I just couldn't believe the price. I, I expect them to be around the, the 33, 45 to one mark. You've got guys like, I don't want to pick on people, but Abraham Answers is not one. Robert McIntyre's one in sight. Presbyterian was how I think it's not going to be able to keep up with the scoring. That's the sort of price I'd expect them to be in. Six to six to one, I'm happy to dive in.
0: Yeah, I mean, I looked back. We had the conversation on your podcast, Lost for Words, today, and it's, you know, where I I thought about when I, when I bet on Kevin, Knott the Sony, you know, hitting that 80 to one. and, And what was the reason? I didn't think it was as much of a course fit. You know, I think there was, I mean, it was better, you know, I think there than what it is maybe potentially this week, but the exact thing I wrote was hitting the board in three of his last 33 events, With two of those being victories, 80 to 1 and uh, 20 to 1 each way. So, I mean, a little bit longer there is double what his output had been. And now we're adding another win. So, that's saying four times in his last 35 events, he is cashing the each way ticket. And to get him at 66 to 1, now in a far less strength of field, um, as we go deeper down the board event, that, to me, screams value. And I'm glad you talked some sense into me and, and getting Kevin Na on my card as well because we're going to agree on that one, absolutely. But this next one, I think you're on an island with.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was met with crickets on the podcast. It's been met with crickets on Twitter as well. Justin Rose is 60-1, to 66-1 to 1 in places as well. And I think he's one of these guys, right, I've been to the world with too many times. He's actually lit me down. I've watched him lose a playoff to Keegan Bradley, which was, you know, a killer. Um, for a double with Fitzpatrick on the other side of the pond as well and he used to bet him the Masters at 20 to 1 and that's the thing I, I see him as that guy right he's a former world number one uh, he's, he's a major contender most years he, even when you go back I think his struggles being highlighted is something that's you know unsalvageable and when you look at it I mean he was 8th after 3 rounds last week you know you had a terrible final round there's no getting away from that his ball striking was awful uh, Greenland regulations regulations poor but he, he's got a short memory. You know, he can forget that. He, talent alone, he's better than 66 to 1, 60 to 1. I mean, if he was 40 to 1, I just wouldn't even consider it. I just don't need to. I don't need to stress. He could let me down if He he miss the cut, has missed the cut on his debut here. But 66 to 1, I'm happy to roll with a guy that's been, you know, at the top of the world rankings in his career.
0: Yeah, and I just think if you compare the two, you know, that's where – I I mean I loaded my mind up with a little bit more European tour centric guys as we got a little deeper down here. Comparing him and Nah to me, what the strike rate Nah has shown is a little bit more value, and of course that you know you're on it there too. I'm gonna go in the 60s to a golfer who. I mean, his his numbers, as of recent on the European tour, I mean, long-term, he's one of the better drivers of the ball. And his recent putting has picked up a decent bit, including, you know, gaining over a stroke per round in uh, Omega Dubai last week. And that is none other than Lucas Herbert, who opened up at 60 to one. If you look at Herbert, you know, his victory last year uh, came um, at the Omega Dubai classic, which, you know, he was repeating or trying to repeat at last week. Um, but he's pretty steady in the winds. You know, that tournament there was actually won uh, in single digits, I do believe, um, as those winds got crazy on the weekend. This course is going to have wind playing a factor. It's why G GMAC, uh, you know, kind of was in the, the place he was last year. I mean, 10 to 15 miles an hour when you're on the kind of the coast, and some water that's in play, you know, that's going to get some factors in. So I think Herbert's game sets up extremely well for him. You know, he's now cracked. Well, I think he's 63rd, 64th in the world now. So, you know, Herbert is on a uh, pretty solid trajectory. So I think getting him still at the 60s, he was the most popular play on DraftKings last week uh, by a good amount. So he's now, um, you know, coming off a 22nd, was uh, inside the top 30 here last year, kind of converging factors for uh, a pretty solid number, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and I think you, the thing you touched on there, he's so highly owned last week. And people are probably going to give up on him because he didn't do what they expected him to do, and the field is so strong. The two things you touched upon there was, one was that GMAT won last year, right? You know, as much as we keep talking about the strength of uh, the top of the market and how it's so hard to avoid them, GMAT came through and won. That's why I wouldn't give up on Rose. I wouldn't give up on Kevin Na. No, you know, there's no reason to say Lucas Herbert can't win. It, it's going to be harder. They've got to go and take G, DJ down. It's going to be Bryson They're going to be there. You no, know, it's a difficult thing to ask. But Lucas Herbert, one of the things that's underrated about him is his, is his tee game. You know, people don't really see him as this guy that hits it a long way, but he does. You know, he gains strokes off the tee, hits straight uh, most of the time. And, you know, that's the perfect recipe for success
0: here. And that's if you look at the leaderboard in 2019, the year DJ won, I mean, you see just an absolute collection of bombers after him. I mean, even Minwoo Lee, who had, you know, relatively no – professional, you know, let alone European tour experience came inside the top 10, you know, how Tong Lee was right up there chasing. Um, so again, those guys, their biggest strength is their off the tee so in my opinion that's how we continue to do it and when we lead right into the next guy after running you know some some kind of field strength averages and, and looking into the off the tee game of none other than Lori Cantor um, at 80 to 1. Cantor is somebody who we know melts when he gets to the top of the leaderboard on Sundays um, and which is tough to sit here and say when he looks into the eyes of Bryson and DJ and Finau and they're in that final group together is he going to be able to you know really come through in that moment you know times to tell he's put himself there multiple times of course has not came through just yet but again 80 to 1 you get that a quarter of the odds you know 20 to 1 in the each way i think Cantor can really mix it up with his style of game here because off the tee he is really really strong
1: and the thing is as well as what i keep going back to is that if you like laurie Cantor, if you believe in him which many people do and, and i do to an extent, maybe not so much as anybody else, but I do like him this week. I think I said last week that the course last week would suit better than the week before, and I think this one will suit better as well because you know he's off the tee game. We'll let him relish, uh, we'll let him prosper, and and for me, it's a case of if you, if you bet him now, this is the last chance you're going to get again in the eighty to one or ninety to one, hundred to one, whatever it is that you've got. Because when it comes to the regular European Tour events, where the PJ Tour guys are going back, he's going to be 25 to 20 to 33 to one, twenty to one, thirty-three to one. So if you, need, if you want to take him, take him now. Um, it is hard to see him winning, but you don't know, do you? I mean, could could he be inspired by the tougher competition? Could it could it you know rally him? You know, really and truly, it wasn't. He didn't do an awful lot wrong in Portugal. It's just George Cozier was so good. You know, there's different moments. He has melted at, at times, and he does have the weakness of a passer. But how many guys do we say that have great ball striking? And, and he's off the tee. The of the drives he hit last week—I don't know where it it was—was just on a short par four, and he was just
0: right up there,
1: and and he's just absolutely superb with that driver.
0: Yeah, I mean that's and that's, again, we we say team no putt. That's a popular type of thing. You always like to say if the caddy could only putt for you guys, you know, who would be the best golfer in the world? You know, I think that ultimately is you know uh, uh, the most variant part of the game of golf, and anybody can it seems can run hot with the putter even the worst of golfers in the world on the greens seem to find its level to where they can get to be field average you know for a week or two and that's the week if you continue that same ball striking game of why we attack them why we keep going to the well and when they pay off it can be in these type events at deeper odds similar to a luke list type again that that mayo is such a fan of a, a ben Ann type this week at waste management one of his favorite events that's the exact same mantra now we're getting that number with Lori Cantor in this type of field so you know you hope it runs hot on the greens and he can make some of those five to eight footers that he puts himself in position to so much um but let's go now. Now, I think into the, the hundreds a little bit, right? I, I know you're coming off of somebody who had a really strong uh, ball striking week last week.
1: Yeah, so Alexander Levy, he's a guy that's such a confidence player, right? And, and last year he was kind of back off an of injury, he was having some swing changes. And he said, and once he finally said, I'm just gonna go back to swinging naturally, he was great. You know, he he started, he finished one well in the showdown and he was seventh, then he finished sixth um, down at the Alfred Dunhill. South Africa just before Christmas. And then he's you know back to back top 25s now. And his sixth sixth and tenth in his is teeter Green. He's just he's hitting the ball well. he had that great celebration uh, when he made the hole in one a couple of weeks ago. He's such a confidence player. I mean, his first win was at the Volvo China Open 2014. So he beat Tommy Fleetwood, Ian Polter, other guys that week. He he can take down the best. He hasn't taken down the likes of Dustin Johnson and Bryce and things like that, but if he's he's his biggest obstacle, but as long as he can, you know, get him over his own game and just be in control, I don't think he's scared of anybody else.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. If you look at the numbers from last week, him finding and being a foreign player, you know, he was gaining uh seven tenths per round, so just about um just under three strokes total ball striking in Abu Dhabi. He then picked that up in Dubai, gaining over ten strokes ball striking. So combining the off the T plus approach on the tournament, which would have been uh fourth best last week of guys that are teeing up with Casey and uh, Sergio being two of the guys ahead of them and someone being just ahead of them as well, who you're going to mention here shortly. So attacking those guys coming into form and, and that often, you know, on the PGA tour, when golfers, their level of games are, um, you know, you can find it a little bit more quickly. It seems on the PGA tour with the talent that those guys possess on the European tour at times, you see golfers get hot for maybe a month stretch and really carry over. And then they might fall off like Levy did, you know, I mean, his example of it, but now when you're finding him on the up and you were also getting him at the number that you do, I mean, he was, I think one sixty to one, uh, on DraftKings sports book this morning. So there are some numbers if you want to attack that angle. Um, I'm going to go back to the well um, on who we talked about, who was the the former world uh, golf amateur number one, um, who then had his first top 10 on the European tour last week, Takumi Kanaya. So if you look at Kanaya, 100 to 1 this week, if you were sweating um, at the immediate kickoff of golf uh, on what was Wednesday night here, but Thursday morning um, in Dubai, Kanaya was 200 through two. Uh, He was coming out of the gates hot. He ended up bogeying four more holes on that front nine. And then he found four more birdies to close on that day. Um, His short game was really, really lights out all week long. He is somebody, again, that you are now thinking of, you know, I like how you said it before. He doesn't have that scar tissue. He really hasn't been in the situations that um, a lot of golfers have, especially because he's so young in his career, you know, made maybe one or two PGA Tour starts, qualified for a major, just hasn't made consistent appearances on any tour besides a Japanese golf tour which he was so successful on so if we're, if we're going to get these numbers I'm going to continue to risk it off somebody who had such a good week last week
1: well and this is like you say that you alluded to my my thought process was he hasn't thrown anything away he's not the only thing he knows at my own success he's well at my old amateur number one uh he's gone out to Japan Tour so on one which again people overlook but Compared to, compared to him, he's a young kid, and he's going to beat some really experienced pros and a strong Japanese who have done with Phoenix is no joke for that at all. Um, I, I, I likened it to the, the Rio Ishikawa. He was he was sort of same sort of level at his age, wasn't he? And, and people got really hyped about him, and he played really well for a period of time the PJ Tour, and then fell away. Hideki Matsuyama has gone the other way and kicked on. Uh, probably you know wanted to win a major, but hasn't quite done it. There's a lot of pressure on these guys. Asian you know Asian players get a lot of media you know. Hype and things like that, and sometimes they fall away, and and you hope that doesn't happen to him. But like we've just said about Laurie cancer this guy is not going to be a hundredth one in many fields, and and I'd like to see how he would deal with going down the stretch with Dusty, going down the stretch of Bryson, because I expect he will probably will You know, he's a young young guy, and and they're the best. That's what he's aspiring to be. But you just never know what how they're going to cope in that situation.
0: Yep, and and that's again. You take the risk with the number, knowing that is, and again, the protection of each way. I mean, every single bet that we've offered this week has been deeper than 60 to one. Anytime those are kind of on my card, I'm always securing that with the each way or the top five bet if you have it separate here in the States, whatever it may be And those odds. I mean, top 10 on Kanaya was still paying, you know, last week over 10 to one. So those type of bets, you know, still can keep your weeks alive, save your card, you know, still sweep out a profit. So I think when we're getting deeper here, this is kind of that angle to attack and um i know you're gonna go with another golfer who just came off of a, a really really strong week uh ball striking it seems like he does it every single week um is this another canter type deep odds um you know it's about time for for this golfer to come through i believe
1: yeah so i've got two in this sort of range and the, the first one i'll go to is ryan fox okay he was sick on approach last week and he was 20 second seconds green overall um and and the main thing for me is he had a, a sixth place finish on debut, and then followed up with a twenty seventh place finish. And the twenty seventh was really kind of a, a struggle towards the end. Because he finished with a second round seventy five, and that kind of derailed him. So he obviously likes the course. He likes it; it's a bit more wide open. You know, he hits hits plenty of good strong drives, but they're not, they're not the straightest, right? So you can't guarantee he's going to do it. Um, but he's someone that clearly is shown a liking to the course. We've had two two starts here: sixth and twenty seventh. Should have been better than twenty seventh as well. Um, you know, take a chance because he was he was so good with his irons last week. He was so good at to green generally. He's a bit wider mark, like I say, with the driver. Uh, and the next guy is Sean Crocker. And he is the epitome of a guy that needs his caddies putt in. He's had, you know, four uh, starts of ninth or better T to green. And he's just, he just hits the ball beautifully. We talk about the Kirk Kittiamas of this world. We talk about Brooks and and PCU line back in the day. You know, these guys come over, David Lipsky, who have been, been on the last couple of weeks, these American guys come over to the European Tour and take it takes like ducks of water, and he really did do that. But now it's time for him to take a step up, and I think doing that in a field of people that he is, he's aspiring to be on the PGA Tour. There's no two ways about it. That's where he wants to be. That's where the American guys want to go, and he wants to mix it with those, and it's a good opportunity for him to do so.
0: Oh, 100%. And again, if we question, you know, the winning ability, I mean, it's it's difficult to hit a winner, Anytime in golf, let alone somebody at the type of odds of Crocker two hundred to one, you know, with uh Canter even the eighties. But another great way to attack them is on DraftKings. I mean, Crocker is six thousand seven hundred this week. You know, that to me, you know, a great value there. Canter only seven thousand five hundred. So you know, the the safety. If, if we're attacking these guys in the outright markets, of course we like them to make the cut, you know, and play the weekend, and that's really all you need at some of those deeper prices to be able to have, you know, a, a profitable week on DraftKings when you're paying down the board like that. Um, and when we're getting really deep here, um, I'm going to first, I'll i I'll say my first one, which is the annual selection. Every week, you know, it's coming. And it was almost there last week. If you woke up on Friday morning, you saw Guido Migliazzi going low. And, I mean, he was six under through 17 holes, nailing putts. I mean, I think he had a 15-footer for birdie, was having a 10-foot par save gets on the last hole of the day on Friday. And, of course, three putts it, has to sleep on the bogey, um, you know, T-9. I think he got into, like, tied for seventh at one point. Um, and, and then he ends up outside the top ten. Of course, the weekend doesn't go his way. But the start of Migliazzi's run, you know, they're giving us numbers, folks. 300-1, to one, again, for Guido. It's just something I'm going to keep taking. You know, at one point last year, I think he got down to, like, 40-1. to one. You know, and that's, you know, you saw it almost in Phoenix again, C. Wu in this similar style of what Pat bets C. Wu every single week. You know, C. Wu's already back up to 80 this week. You know, Guido, they're not giving us 300. Of course, he didn't come through with a win, but the ball striking is rounding back into form. He shows up on the leaderboards. Have I gotten you into a Guido fan yet?
1: I love Guido. I was really impressed with him. And, and you know, it's, although I don't get to him betting very often, there was, there was times two years ago when he first came out that you thought, this guy's... Is- Got it. You know, we're looking at like a Molinari type, whether it's Eduardo or Francesco, you know, you don't know quite what level they are, but he was, you know, you've got the Paratores as well. He, you know, they're all Italian guys, but he. it's hard to know what his potential is. Like, I think I think he's a brilliant player, and I think that when he gets in the mix, apart from last week, but generally speaking, when he gets in the mix, he's rock solid, and I think that's a really good trade to have. Like, although it's been a lower events in Kenya and Belgium, He's shown that he can get the win, and that's really important. and 350 to one, you're not asking for a lot to happen. There's a couple of guys, Ashan Wu down here. I really like at 250 or 200. Not sure what prices over there, but you know these guys. I, I liked Wu last week, and and he's hitting the ball pretty well. They just like this desert golf, and and Guido likes his part of the world as well. And why not a 350 to one?
0: Yeah, and that's again. I think if you continue to bet the same, like absolute long shot over time if you trust his ability that they're going to pay you back it doesn't take much you know it takes one or two top fives in the year to pay out your weekly bet on Guido. So hopefully the listeners are, are following through because it's coming one of these weeks here on these deep odds for us. And then I'll finish out my card with one more long shot. Um, and again, you know, we've talked about golfers, you know, I've liked to be early on kind of in their careers. I like to see them come out onto the scene. This is another golfer who has very little European tour experience. Um, he was a Walker cup member. Um, so, This is um, none other than Harry Hall. So Harry Hall um, is a golfer who had limited European starts after he was gifted a couple of sponsors exemptions. In those starts, uh, he came out at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. So again, the big one, the big Alfred Dunhill, where you're rotating between St. Andrews and the the really strong events. He came out and finished 15th in that event and literally his professional debut. I mean, to do that on that stage, I mean, that is, you know, a, a huge type of performance. You know, he shot a 65 on Sunday there to get himself inside the top 20. So Harry Hall does that he comes out and then at the south african open finishes 12th the next week so a really strong performance and then he leaves himself with no status anywhere and he has to monday qualify into corn fairy tour events he, he keeps at it keeps going finally is able to get in a couple events finishes a year with three top 10 finishes on the corn fairy tour in his final six events and then he goes and gets a sponsor's exemption in the american express Makes the cut, you know. Plays the weekend, finishes out his week with an eagle. So Harry Hall at three hundred to one to me. You know, again the talent, the upside. If you look at the golfers that are down here, we liked David Lipsky for a reason that he had shown so much success on the Corn Ferry Tour. Well, he had you know guaranteed starts, he had status. This is different for Harry Hall. So to prove himself with three top tens on the Corn Ferry Tour the likes of who's around him do not have that same pedigree right now with their game. So I am all on the Harry Hall train this week.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the thing that I wanted to touch on, on the previous podcast is you identified Lipsky of, of his Corn Fairy Tour form. And I think a lot of people were worried about how that's going to translate. They don't they don't quite know how it's the same with Challenge Tour to European Tour and it's the same from Corn Fairy's PJ. No one knows quite what's going to happen. You assume with Will Zellatoris, if you're superb on the Corn Ferry Tour, you'll take it to the next level. The, the, the margins are so narrow now. And Harry Hall, like you say, he's tied fifteenth on debut at the Alfred Dunhill Leagues. and he started. He shot seventy in the opening round and just got better and better throughout the week. That's a comfortability thing. Goes to the next week and goes twelfth in the South African Open. Like uh, Kanaya, no scar tissue as of yet. Why not? Take? Why not take a chance? I mean, I'm going to jump on Bobby at three hundred one because why not? I mean, there's a guy that I want to see do well. Is he's, he's not local to me, but he's local in you know in terms of English and you know it it doesn't need to be a lot to happen for it to be a successful bet right you know yes I appreciate that can he win what's the winning outside it's it's hard to tell because you wouldn't have said Graham McDowell's gonna win last year that that's I always reference back to that that this the market was so strong last year there was okay there's a couple of extra guys in there this year Tony Finau's here Hovland's here but it was a strong event. It was a strong event and and Graham McDowell came out of it. And if Harry Hall can get the, the bit in his teeth, which we know he can do, then why not give him a go?
0: Yeah, I'm ready for him to stare down DJ on the eighteenth green and you know, knock in his birdie putt to beat him and not even. And he's another flat bit.
1: cap wearer as well, isn't he? A bit more yeah. Oh yeah, he, he, has he has rocks the scully. Cap. He looks like he'd oh, yeah. be yeah. on
0: Peaky Blinders. It's yeah, perfect. It. So <laughs> um, I am all about uh Harry Hall. So that's uh that's my card for the week. Let's have you recap yours, Tom, and then I'll close us out.
1: Yeah, so my favourite really strong bet is Kevin Na. I think that he's just, the the odds are just ridiculous on him for someone who's playing someone the PGA Tour. I'm on Rose Island this week, which apparently is a bad place to be, but we shall see at the end of the week. I I will take a lot of, you know, I will bask in a lot of glory if he performs well. Please do. Everyone's writing him off. Uh, Alexander Levy, uh, another one who kind of jumps back to me straight away. And then I don't know quite what to do with Sean Crocker and Ryan Fox yet. I don't know what the winning upside is for them, but certainly top 10 certainly DraftKings. kings i think they're good plays.
0: perfect yep love your moves and then i'll be on lucas herbert 60 to 1. i am tailing you with kevin Nah. let's run it back with not nah, 66 to 1. laurie Cantor, 80 to 1. we love that 7500 on draft kings Takumi Kanaya, 100 to 1. Let's see if he can improve from top 10 to top 5 this week. And then, again, we got our long shots. Guido Migliazzi, 300 to 1. And then Harry Hall Week at 300 to 1. We'll be rounding out our cards. So, again, two forms that you can find this podcast. And if they're going to fill up the European tour schedule, which our fingers are crossed for, you're going to find us here again. So, YouTube, please press the subscribe button for us. This is the Mayo media network, European tour picks and bets. And then now this is available in all uh, podcast formats. So if you went on daily fantasy sports, picks and bets, the mix is how you can find us, Um, you know, iTunes, Spotify, whatever you may need to listen to for those platforms. We have it there uh, known as the mix. So Tom, exciting week ahead. Best of luck for us. Thank you again for joining me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like I say every week, you know, guys, if you want to reach out to us, Twitter, is that, you know, we can't cover everybody. It's, it's just impossible. But if you've got a guy you, you, you want to hear more about, let us know. We'll run the numbers. We've got things to look at that we can help you with. But I know we had a couple of guys reach out last week and and hopefully it paid off for them. So, yeah, let us know in the comments if you need any help. Twitter as well. And we, can, uh, we can certainly help you there.
0: Absolutely. Let's have another week. Good luck, everybody.